Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the She Invest podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Allie Fugit, and <clears throat> my other host, Carrie Douglas. Uh, she hopefully will be joining us soon. Um, she had something <clears throat> scheduled this morning, so we apologize for her tardiness, but she'll be along shortly. Uh, but we have a great episode today. We are so excited uh, for the guest that we have today. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background on her. Uh, we have Cam Snyder today. And Cam is formerly a real estate broker and now real estate investor. And prior to real estate, she worked at a large hospitality company in New York City. Uh, Currently, she invests in all kinds of real estate. And recently, in the last 18 months, she has actually gone from one to 23 short-term rentals in two different markets. Uh, And that includes a boutique in, which I'm so excited to see because she just went through some renovations and updates. Uh, So without further ado, here is Cam Snyder. Hi, Cam. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Allie. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, We're so excited to have you today. Uh, Cam is a personal friend of mine uh, and just the sweetest soul. And I've loved her journey. And we've gotten to really uh, grow together because we are in the same mastermind and the same accountability group. So uh, I love talking with Cam and, and we love spending time together. So Uh, Yeah. So Kim, I'd love uh, for you to tell everybody, how did you get started in real estate investing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, First of all, congrats on the podcast. I'm so excited for you and Carrie. It's awesome. Um, And I'm so excited to be here um, as one of the guests. So I got started in real estate. I, I mean, basically real estate has always just been a big part of my life. Growing up, my dad was in commercial real estate and my mom was in residential. So I grew up going to open houses with my mom. Um, back before there was like a lot of email marketing and online marketing, I remember stuffing letters with my little sister and sealing them and helping send them for my mom as she was finding new residential business. So it's always just kind of been in the fabric of my life. Um, and with my parents, I really got to see as they would acquire residential homes and otherwise just how appreciation in those properties worked for them. And it just had always been something that I was really excited about. When I met my husband in New York City, we purchased our first um, new construction project in Williams, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Um, it was close to the water. We had no idea what we were doing, but we were excited. We liked the location and we just got a regular uh, residential loan on that. And that really started our foray into real estate. And it was kind of the best thing we could have ever done because without really knowing what we were doing, we you know, stumbled upon a market that grew and grew and grew. And within a couple years, uh, that new construction condo doubled in value. And so it really, it, it um, kind of became the jumping off point for the rest of our real estate investments. Um, when I had my third uh, little baby in Brooklyn, we realized we couldn't stay in like 900 square feet any longer. And we moved to the suburbs to Connecticut. But um, what we were able to do by pinching pennies and you know just watching all of our costs, we held on to the condo um, in Brooklyn. And so we were able, that began um, as our first kind of investment property. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. That's so cool that, you know, you had somebody uh, in your family that you were able to kind of watch a real estate journey through because a lot of us, uh, you know, we didn't, uh, we, we didn't have that. So, uh, hey, Carrie. Uh, Hi. I'm so excited sorry. to have you. 
coming with us. Um, sorry, we had to get started uh, a little before. I knew you had something planned, but um, so anyway, uh, so Cam was just telling us about her real estate, how she got started in real estate, and uh, and yeah. So anyway, Cam, I was just saying like that's so cool that you had that person because a lot of us don't have that person to guide, like you know, to watch and and see the journey that they go through and, and yeah. the different aspects that they take on their journey. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so Allie, to that point, that's like one of the things as I'm, I've made for kind of my life goal going forward is for my three little kids is to help them. I, I keep it on my goal list, but to help them when they first, you know, move off and um, go to college or whatever, you know, they decide to do when they leave the house is to help them find, find and purchase um, their first investment property with like a low interest first time home buyers, um, uh, loan and then also, you know, kind of employ the house hacking method so that they can have someone else stay there, whether it be in a room or if they're lucky enough to get a multifamily so that they're paying for their mortgage. And, um, you know, they can start to see very early on, you know, how how that will compound in their life. Yeah, I think I think that's huge, Cam. Uh, that's amazing. And what a what a goal, right? Especially like for those of us that have kids, I think that we're the same that, uh, you know, our, our kids are much younger than than your kids are right now. But they uh, to take them with us yeah. as we go and just like involve them as much as we can through this yeah. journey, because one day, yes, like that's the ultimate goal. Right. It's like show them the freedom that we've gained from it and the lifestyle we were able to provide them with. Right. Um, because of it. So yeah, I, I totally. love that. Yeah. You go ahead, Carrie. Oh, no, that's okay. So go ahead, Allie, go ahead with your next question. Oh, yeah. Um, and so what went into your decision to make uh, STRs your niche? Um, so we, we used our first condo. We took a HELOC out on, um, that condo and used that to start a flipping business. Um, and I did that for a handful of years and, um, that, that really helped me because I learned every in and out of uh, renovation. I developed a really good team in my market here in Connecticut. And, you know, I was just able to see, um, the value of taking a property that was a value add and really creating something uh, much better from it, raising the price and then making a profit from it. I did that for a couple of years and then just started reading a lot more. It was it was about, I guess, the time of COVID. Yeah, because we've only been doing this about two years. So um, it was like the COVID time where I just was studying a lot more um, you know, in different different asset classes, different strategies in real estate, and stumbled across um, some just some great material on short term rentals. And I and I thought that it just seemed like a really good fit because I had the hospitality background and I thought I would enjoy it. So we kind of jumped into that, and we used the renovation background, um, and then we used the Burr method for our first two properties. So that's where we buy it, um, we rehab. Re, um, refi it and repeat, um, but we did it with the STR model. And so what was neat about that is we were able to buy um, properties that were value add, single family, um, really renovate them. I had my whole construction team. We were able then to um, 
to renovate everything. We were furnishing it. We did our refi and we were able to pull all the cash out. The second property, we pulled out probably 85 to 90% of the cash out. But for the very first property, it was all pulled out so that now going forward, all of our returns are infinite. And then um, for the second one, we now, because we've been able to pay off all of that, so that's an infinite one as, as well. So we were able to take the um, flipping background with the renovation and put that into the, the Burr method for STRs with the um, infinite return. So I love kind of that strategy. That's amazing. You, awesome. Yeah. As you're able to find a, you know, a property in a great market that you know you'll be able to um, rehab really well. Um, and then with the right furnishings, it all works out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you know that we we love the short term rental uh, niche. So, uh, what a great what a great background though it was. And, and I and we came from similar from from that flipping side. And so right. leading into that, Cam. Um, so, what are the different finance financing options that you've used along this journey? So you, you came from that Burr method from flipping. Um, and then I know like the rest of us, like sometimes it's a struggle to find the right piece that fits for you. So what financing options have you used and, and what might be your personal favorite? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm really lucky because my business partner, um, my brother-in-law, Craig, he is a great high W-2 earner. So he's been able to get all the loans. My husband and I are both, my husband now has a combination W-2 and 1099, but I've been 1099 for years. And as probably everyone knows, it makes it a little harder on the, um, the loan side, getting your debt. So I've been really lucky because Craig has been able to get all of our loans for the recent projects that we've done. But I have um, this last, in the last like six months, I have been able to utilize a DSCR loan for our new beach house. And um, that process was very smooth. Um, and it's a great product for someone like me and for my husband, because we can't necessarily qualify for some of the other conventional products, the DSCR was a great fit. Obviously, the rates are a little bit higher now, but we were able to find, you know, just this gorgeous property on the water where the numbers all still made sense. So for us, you know, it's still it still works and we're, you know, we'll be able to if the rates go down, which hopefully, you know, we all hope they will at some point, we'll be able to refi out to, a, a you know, a lower rate as well. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's the ultimate goal for everybody right now, too, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. So uh, so in, in doing that, talking about your partnership, uh, so tell us about that partnership you have with your brother-in-law and how is it structured and what do you think the benefits are from having a partnership like that? Yeah. Oh, I love my brother-in-law. Um, we're actually start, starting like a content side to our business as well. So we work really well together. Um, we you know, you always hear it's best to kind of test the waters slowly instead of jumping into something crazy with a partner before, you know, you really get to see how everyone works and how you work together. And so we, um, he helped me on one of my flips a couple years ago, um, you know, just a very small project. Um, and we just worked great together. He liked the way I communicated with him. Um, he liked that he didn't really have to get involved. And then he, you know, gets gets the payout at the end. So I think it's really important for people before jumping into a full-fledged partnership, maybe to try out one deal together and see how that goes. And so that's that's kind of how we started. And we just realized like we fit really well together. Um, and then, 
going forward, the last two very large projects that we did, I'm also really blessed because he his situation is he's a high W-2 finance earner in New York City. And he's just very um, strategic about utilizing tax laws. And um, the way that his business works, um, he pays so much in taxes each year. So he's designated my sister as a real estate professional. Um, and then he does cost segs on all of the projects that he buys. And so with the combination of those two strategies, he's able to um, recruit a lot like all of the W-2 tax that he's, um, you know, that he's been paying. And so I benefit from that because I help operate all of the projects that he buys. Um, and then the way that we work, he's been kind enough to give me equity share in all of um, our big projects. And then we split profit at the end of the day. That's awesome. What a great strategy for you to build wealth because, you know, he obviously doesn't want to do the work of the management piece and um, you're able to come and, and provide that value. Just like a total win-win for the two of you. That is so great. Yeah, totally. And I just like, I applaud both um, he and my sister because for my sister being the real estate professional, I mean, she's kind of had to transform her her working life to make it work, but they have really seen such an amazing benefit from doing it um, that it's something that, you know, I think um, a lot of people could benefit from if they if they kind of um, educate themselves on it a little more if they're paying a lot in taxes for W-2 earners. So it's a really neat strategy as long as, you know, that, you know, if it if it continues that we're able to work it the way that it is now. And of course, cost segregation is amazing. Yeah. If anybody hasn't um, heard of it, the book Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright is just incredible for diving into this topic if anyone wants to go really deep. So. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, Carrie. Uh, I, I think that there's like a huge and we've I think we hinted it a little on another episode, but like talking about the depreciation you can get off the cost segregation and everything that is huge, especially when you move into the multifamily space or right. even if you are purchasing a large investment property that you're going to run as a short-term rental, or um, even if you are going to be doing like a midterm rental or whatever, you can still pay and have that cost segregation done and have huge tax depreciation right. off of that right. property. So uh, those are, those are big things, a good, good little nuggets there, Cam. And I love the real estate professional thing too. Like, I think that like, that's like something that we need to capitalize on ourselves, um, whether like, me or, you know, my spouse in order to get some extra benefits moving forward. So yeah. hopefully that helps somebody else out there. Yeah. Um, so it's a perfect segue actually into our next question. You recently used a 1031 exchange, right, Kim? And I just want to ask you about that process and what you feel the pros and cons were and how that went for you. Yeah. Okay. So that's like, I think my favorite strategy. Um, we've been doing 1031s now for, um, I think four years. So we've been through it a lot and, you know, not, not everyone feels exactly the same for us. It just is, I think what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. Um, and basically it's just, as you're selling a property, you're trying to get away from capital gains by quickly purchasing a replacement property. And you just want to make sure that um, the replacement value is equal to greater than what you're selling. But basically, if you're able to go into that for a like for like exchange, you're able to avoid the capital gains. And so for us, um, we take we took the equity that we had built up 
from our first condo and we were able to put that into three syndications um, and just get much more cash flow based on the equity. Um, and then one of those syndications um, recently just sold and we put the proceeds from that into our beach house. And so for us, it just has been, you know, a really winning strategy. And we think that we'll probably do this for the rest of our lives with people call it the shop till you drop sort of strategy. <laughs> so that in theory, if we do it correctly, we'll never make capital gains um, during our lives for any of our real estate and always like um, buying bigger and better properties uh, with more cash flow. Awesome. Yeah. So we yeah. love it. <laughs> but, you know, and, and people have to really, um, you know, people have to really do their their homework on it. You have to have a third party involved, the qualified intermediary. It's very simple, but you just can't miss any of the steps. And then, of course, there's all kinds of um, time frames for identifying properties and for the transaction to take place. So I think sometimes um, for people that aren't really sure about it, it's um the biggest thing is you want to make sure that based on the time frame, you're not purchasing a bad deal. But if you're able, you know, if you really know real estate, you're, you know where you're looking, um, you understand the market, you're able to find something that works, it makes sense. You just don't want to make sure that you're crunched by um, the time perspective that you're purchasing something that isn't going to work out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Kim, can you tell us about like, so, because again, you, you've got like a lot going on. So can you tell us about your diversified portfolio? And yeah, what that looks like. Yeah. yeah, so we have now, um, we have a total of 23 um, short-term rentals. So that's the bulk of our portfolio. That's comprised of a handful in a beach market in Connecticut where I near where I reside, and then a new market for us in North Carolina, um, Blowing Rock and Boone. We have a cabin portfolio of um, 13 cabins in Boone and then a new boutique inn that has its small four bedrooms and then a cottage that we've renovated, and that's in Blowing Rock. Um, so the bulk of our holdings are, um, in short-term rental. Then we still have a couple syndications that my husband and I are, you know, getting cash flow each month from, and then we just purchased, um, a beach house that's going to be for family use and for, we're doing a hybrid. We're going to do um, midterm rental during the slow season. And then we're going to do, um, short-term rental during the summer where it makes exponentially uh, more money. Awesome. Okay. I love, I love your wealth building strategy overall, um, but I want to ask you, how often do you track and look at your personal financial statement and like what metrics are you tracking to know that you're being successful? Like what are your goals in wealth building? Yeah, Carrie, that's such a good question. <laughs> and um, I... I have to admit, we've been on such a tear the last like two years, just just buying these businesses and trying to like um, streamline them and get them operating that it has not been as great of a focus for me as it should be. But this it's been one of my goals for 2023 and 2024 is to get a better handle on the forecasting of our current holdings, because right, right now it's just been like get them full, get them making money. And I'm, I don't have um, the forecasting down yet. So that's going to be something I focus on. Um, as far as our, our personal stuff, we have, um, we've always had a financial advisor. Um, we have a lot of that. And so he helps us just kind of uh, watch over our portfolio. That's like brokerage accounts and um, 
um, you know, like 401ks and that kind of thing. Um, so he helps on that side, but definitely for this year, I'm going to focus more on, you know, <laughs> forecasting and understanding like the seasonality and, you know, where there's room for improvement in our, um, in our portfolio for sure. Yeah. And so when you start, when you start that tracking, like, what are you going to be looking for? Um, are you looking for a certain net worth? Are you looking for a certain amount of cash flow every month? Like what are, what are the most important metrics for you? Yeah. Another really good question. Um, so for us, it's so interesting because it's just come on so quickly, um, especially like the North Carolina market. Um, you know, we haven't even, our cabins opened a couple of months ago, which we're learning the seasonality, you know? So we're able to look at like, there's so many great tools available. So we're able to look a lot at uh, things like price labs. Um, I get a lot of great information from the county. I'm on all the chambers and they're able to provide me um, historical data on the market, which has been very helpful. Um, so I've been able to look like our inn, we just did a renovation and we were able to look at the historical uh, data for blowing rock and see where the two slowest months were. So we decided to, operate as is when we took over and then um, use the two slowest months to do the renovation. So right now I'm just like looking at all the historical data. Um, I'm looking a lot at uh, price labs um, and some historical data from um, our existing um, in PMS to help try to understand um, what we should be making each month. And then we are adding all sorts of new marketing. So we, we know that our baseline is what the old owner was making for the properties, especially the boutique inn. And now we're just trying to each month get it higher and higher based on her um, historical data. Yeah. Um, and then we're just trying to like really dive into the local market and see what uh, nightly rates look like for the competitors that we think are closest for us and those that you know we wanna strive to get to. Um, so that's kind of the data that, that we're looking at, but, you know, we're still learning cause we haven't, we haven't had full four seasons in any of the North Carolina properties yet. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Cam, I, I love that, uh, cause I'd love to talk about your project that you had for like 13 cabins. And like, so for those people that don't know, or if you've gotten one property, it's a lot to take on for one, right? Um, and Cam took on 13 at one time. So can you just talk a little bit about that strategy that you did? Um, because no matter what you're doing, whether it's long term, if that's the way you're going or short, short term or multifamily, whatever, taking on that many at one time is a lot. So what was your strategy around that? Um, you know, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> and um, it was so many learning experiences. I would have done things probably a little bit differently, but you don't know what you don't know. You know, it was like a new market. We hadn't built out our team of like helpers and operational staff. So I was doing a lot by myself. I think I made it was probably a total of like three weeks that I was down there getting them ready. Um, we used host GPO. I have you know, I could talk an hour about host GPO. Um, we've had some great experiences with some of the suppliers and um, for the supplier that we used for the cabins, you know, we had a lot of operational issues with them. Um, and it's a shame because their furniture is by far the best that we've ever seen. It just, you know, we just had some operational problems, but um, 
I think I think it was a unique project for them to work on as well. So they learned a lot too. Um, but you know, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and we just renovated the inn and we used host GPO again with a different supplier. It was seamless. So, you know, I I if I would do it again, I would have developed more of an operational staff on site to help early on in the project. We kind of like the second to third week on, um, we were able to get more help, but in the beginning it was like a lot. Wow. Yeah, and, and and when you started like Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you guys did like you did a portion like so you, you did so many at first and then you started the next section. Is that is that right? Am I wrong? I think I think that would have been a smarter plan. Actually, we just like <laughs> we did it all. We had one cabin. We're still finishing the 13th cabin because we had a tenant that we allowed to stay on longer, but we did it all. We did all 12 and I. I don't even know why. I think we should have done it more. Um, your plan, Allie. Um, I think that would have been a smarter move. But I was like, let's just come all yeah. going. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So we. Yeah. I think that might have been smarter. But oh, and we also well, ran I into like there's no internet. <laughs> so that was yeah. as you buy a property. I will tell everyone to check the internet first. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, absolutely. I mean, well, that was a long discussion between you and I because we're both in a mountainous area now, and that is a huge issue. So if you're yeah. buying in the mountains, definitely check it first. But I think that like a lot of us can, when you're going through this and like it, when you're on this real estate journey for wealth building and you see an opportunity come up, it's like, like 13 cabins or like Carrie and I's hotel, right? Yeah. You're like, Oh, I have one. I've done it for one. Or, Oh, I'm like already managing this small portfolio. This will, this is nothing, right? Like we can do this. And then you jump in and you're like, Oh, this is 13 yeah. at one time. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. I, I know how to handle one, but it's still a lot. And yeah. it's, um, it's fun and it's challenging in a good way. And a sometimes a very stressful way, even though yeah. I don't like to use that word in my vocabulary. Um, it, it's a very blessed opportunity yes. position yes. that you're put in. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, but, you know, just like a lot of us, like when we are, we're so strong at, on this journey, we know where we want to go. We're very goal oriented. And like you said, because we've been in the exact same space and place that you're in, right? The last two years, we've just been head down, nose to the grindstone going and you just see these opportunities come up and you're just like, yeah, let's do it. Like, we're just going to yeah. figure it out and go for it. And um, while it is really fun, um, and does help towards our wealth building strategy, ultimately, I think sometimes we're, a, we're a little over ourselves, yeah. and, which is great because I think yeah. that we should have very high expectations of ourselves, but it's a lot to take on. So, yeah. um, I, I loved watching I you on that. Yeah, totally. And I wouldn't change it. I I'm just, I feel exactly like you guys. And I feel like we tackle things in the same manner. And one of my favorite people in the world is Brendan Burchard. And he always just says, you have to believe in your ability to figure things out. And I, that's like how I just try to lead my life. Like we're all intelligent, hardworking people. Like we're going to come up with something. It might not be smooth. There might be a couple of tears, <laughs> but we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, it's better just to get the opportunity and figure it out from there. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. ab absolutely.
What Absolutely. I guess, you know, that kind of that's that's kind of a segue into our next question. Just asking, what would you have done differently knowing what you know today and not specifically about your cabin project, but just in general on your entire journey? Anything yeah. that you would do differently? Yeah, 100 percent. I would have hired um, some help earlier. We got our first VA, but only a couple months ago. I'm like, what have I been thinking? Like, why didn't I do this? You know, you're just trying to, like, get out of the red, make some profit. But it's, I wish we had done it um, earlier. And I think we already need another one. And I feel like I should have started that earlier, but just the, the virtual assistant, I feel really lucky. We've, we've gotten, I think someone real special. And I mean, if nothing else, it's just taking so much off of your plate. And also it's someone that, you know, is building the company with you. So it can feel very lonely as you're building these things. Um, and just to have someone else um, that, you know, is there like helping out in the background with everything they they you know can cry at the same things that are terrible each day with different aspects of whatever and you know um i would have done that much earlier that's really and great I, thank you for sharing that because i think i needed to hear that yes i think i think <laughs> we need to get someone asap totally uh, yeah well i think that because a lot of people uh and and i'll just comment shortly on this but I tell, I talk with a lot of students um, through the coaching program. And I think the problem is like you and I can, we're both in the same position. Like we waited way too long before yeah. we jumped in and, and got someone. Um, the problem is we don't study our time to know right. where it's going and, and to, to visually show us that we need that help. We just keep mustering through it. And I, but I think, again, that's our nature um, and the way that we are as individuals, especially in this particular field, that we're just like, we're just going to keep going and we're just going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I think that if we had um, taken our nose back a little bit from the grindstone yeah. and taken the opportunity to like actually study our time, we probably would have done a lot better. But how freeing it is to um be knowledgeable of the position that we're in and and have the opportunity to get someone because it does take a lot off that we're able to focus our efforts on on continuing that wealth building strategy because now we're actually able to get back in that game right so exactly exactly yeah yeah um i we have one more question cam because we want to be respectful of your time and it's been so great having you and I, I just love you i love your story and just for those of you um listening in and, and uh you know now or later uh i love cam's story i think because we relate so closely because when when i met cam you had what three or four properties um, cam? yeah i had i had three i think i had two and i was in the middle of purchasing like a duplex so i, I know, think that's Allie, right. it's been a, it's been a crazy right. <laughs> yeah and so uh to watch her ride and i just feel like we we have as both as individuals and, and as team members that we've added so much value to each other. And it, just thank you, Cam, for being a sounding board for everything. And on this journey, uh, before we ask you our, our last question, uh, do you have anything you'd like to share with the group? Um, I know that we talked about, um, you know, uh, any advice you'd like to share with them and then also how can they find you on socials? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, advice, just, just keep going. There'll be, there'll be days that are really challenging and then there'll be days that are amazing. So just keep going. It's hard. We all have really busy lives with a lot of other things going on, but 
you know, if you're listening to podcasts like this, you're already, you know, illustrating that you are interested in making a change and going places with real estate and with different avenues of your life. And for that, I applaud you because it's not everyone. And um, just keep going. Just keep pushing. That's great. And how can people find you on social media? Yeah, so we're, um, Craig and I, my business partner, brother-in-law, um, we're starting a new channel on Instagram and other places um, that's going to be Cam and Craig. That's in the works right now. Um, and then in the meantime, you can always find me at our properties, Red Feather Cabins, on Instagram and on Facebook, and the Victorian in Blowing Rock on Instagram and Facebook. Wow. All right. Well, uh, Carrie, you want to ask her the last question? Sure. Sure. Our last question is what is the most exciting thing you have done on your investing journey? Hmm. I mean, I think the cabins just cause it was, I never thought I could do something like that and it was much harder than I thought. So <laughs> it was so you hard. It was, it was so, I'm now that it's operating. I'm so proud. And we <laughs> went and we stayed in one with my sister and, you know, they're coming from New York and, um, you know, go to nice hotels. So it was interesting to get her take on it when it was all done. And she was like, this is gorgeous. Like to see all the operations come together, the cleaning team doing an amazing job, the um, handymen fixing things in these old cabins so that they really are just gleaming. It, it was a very proud moment. Awesome. That's amazing. Well, thank you, Cam. We appreciate you coming on today. Uh, and yeah, uh, we look forward to having you on later on to catch up and, and see how everything's changed, you know, later yes, on. So. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you ladies. I'm so proud of you. We're so proud of you. We're proud of you. Yes. And we love you. And, uh, thank you guys for listening and, uh, we'll see you soon on the next episode of the She Invest podcast.